Welcome back, everyone. Episode four zero. Episode four zero of the Real Sports Science Podcast. Matt, how are you feeling about that? I just realized that just um, right now. I'm feeling so excited, David. That no, I, <laughs> I, I am. No, that, that four is massive. Yo, where's your mic? It's, it's one where's of thirty nine and. Oh shit! Yeah, sorry. Forty's oh mate, forty's massive because it's one above thirty nine and it's double twenty. Couldn't have said it better myself. Wow, and it's ten oh. times bigger than four. So, come on. Yeah, and you know, ouchies, hot. No, ouchies ice. Owie hot. I can't even remember. <laughs> oh, just go back to episode yes. 36 or 35. No, 33. Yeah. On that note, we are the Real Sports Science Podcast. We got a pretty good one coming up for you today. A uh, little bit of a catch up. My PhD, your job, your exciting trip down to New Zealand, maybe some summer plans that we got going on, some ways or nays. So stick around for that. Who are we, Matt? Take us in. Oh. I'm David. Oh, I've ruined it. No, that was a joke. I'm Matt. He's David. Episode 40. Let's go. How are you, David? Oh, man. Great question. I am... Last week, right, we moved. Not we. I moved last week. And remember how, as I was saying, it's just an absolute disaster. Like the place is just an absolute, yeah. it's still a disaster. I'm actually embarrassed of my living situation right now. My, the biggest nightmare that I have right now is Chris, my roommate, coming home early and just walking into this absolute den, den of lost Not hopes bad. and dreams. Oh, dude, it's so bad. My girlfriend came over very briefly today and before i was like babe i'm so sorry it's actually embarrassing how bad it is in there i've got <laughs> i'm set up in the kitchen right now right the kitchen table isn't put together like the tabletop is just resting on the legs i haven't actually screwed it in i haven't done Jeez. dishes in days the counter is so messy that I can't actually see things I need to put away. So like today, I just left the milk out, had to throw all the milk out today because it went bad because it was sat outside all day. Love that. Had to do the same thing with a yogurt the other day just because it's so messy. I can't tell what needs to go in, in the garbage and what needs to go into the fridge. You know, it just all blends together. I've got C. <laughs> I've got CNP mass mass XL gainer keeping me afloat because. I have no food in the house. I'm, it's grim. All I'm saying is... It's grim. The listeners, just just imagine, just picture the fact that he probably hasn't washed that with all the other dishes. So imagine how much old protein is in there as well. <laughs> it's just one rinse out quick. Mass gainer, so you know it's thick We're good as to go well. again. It is, it is thick. It sticks to the sides. It sticks to the sides. Yeah. No, man, it's it's bad. The other night, the other night, I had, legit, I had no food. I had two tins of chicken soup that's what i ate for dinner i don't i never stooped that low in my undergrad or my masters it's a new level um, it's a new low over here for um for me yeah i was just i was just about to say uh we've got an email 
uh, rsspodcast1 at gmail for any new uh, applicants for my new co-host because I will not be continuing this podcast with David. That is terrible, the, the situation he's got going on. So whilst yeah. he's fixing himself up and going to rehab and getting the proper help he deserves and needs, um, I'll be having a new co-host. Should we just get two new people? Should we just get our brothers on? Yeah, yeah. They can carry it. They can carry it while, while um, I figure out my life. But yeah, it's it's hectic. And on top of that, I am just in the midst. I am, excuse me, I am just, what's the word? Basically, I'm doing data collection at the minute. And it's just nonstop. It's an absolute What train. data are you collecting? All of it, Matt. I'm collecting all of it. That's the answer. <laughs> at least you don't sound stressed or anything. Oh, um, yeah, no, like it's just, have um, you, have you, for anyone who's done like a PhD, let me know how, how that was for anyone doing a PhD or about to do a PhD. Like it's a, just a net, the next level. Cause your master's obviously is like a big step up and you're pretty overwhelmed. Your PhD is just like the next level up, you know, and you just feel unprepared. So I'm like, big lab days like 8 a.m till 8 or 9 p.m in the lab like two or three days a week and then on the other days it takes hours to like just email participants to like get them in get them scheduled like the admin of getting participants in is just an absolute disaster like i need my own pa just to do that and i've got a couple master students on my on my project as well which is really good but it also means that I need to have data for them by a specific time. So not only am I like on a time crunch to get people through the study, but I also am learning like V3D, which is like a biomechanical software. I have to, I have to like learn how to code and set up all my coding so that I can take the data I'm collecting and like give them results. And if I didn't have, I think it'll be good once I'm done because then it'll be done. But if I didn't have like the pressure of not the pressure, but like the time um, deadline for my master's students, I'd probably like would just collect data and then figure out the analysis afterwards, you know? Yeah. So I got that. And then I also, also at the end of August, I've got my annual review. So I need to write a 10,000 word like document for that. (laughs) That's not good. That's not fun at all. Which is like, Sorry, my nose is running, which is like a literature review, kind of an intro to my first study, methods from my first study, kind of an intro to my thesis, next steps, kind of how I see my thesis kind of coming up as I see it now. So I I have to write that as well by like the second week of August, I think it has to be done. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, that's a long day. That's a long day. It's he- Can't lie. it's hectic, and I, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's hectic. So I think last episode we were talking about time management. Yeah, today go revisit that one. Yeah, then. revisit Jeez. that one. Yeah, I think today <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm like gym wise, I'm gonna try to go to the gym three times a week. If I can go four times, great. But that's max. Like even if I have time to go more, I'm not going to, just because there's so much mm. that I need to do. Like if I try to go all out go to the gym five six times a week it's just not it's not going to work like oh, mentally you'll be so drained eh? oh yeah so i think these next two months like i'm just gonna have to like put my head down and just absolutely get after mm. it
So for, for any new listeners, what is your PhD about? Good question. Um, so uh, basically looking at the plantar flexors, so calf muscle and trying to um, improve the knowledge around their function and how it relates to track and field. So I'm working with British athletics and they're like middle distance runners. So like calf injuries is a big problem in that group and kind of in, in track and field in general, especially runners and jumpers kind of calf and Achilles problems, which go hand in hand. Um, yeah. So there hasn't been too much work done on the plantar flexors to understand what their function is, how like stretch shortening cycles come into play. What's the difference between like the soleus and the gastrox? Like what, how does their function differ? And then obviously like, how does it differ between events? But the first thing that I'm doing is like understanding the function of the plantar flexors within, within like tests that British athletics already does. So, so I'm doing 3D analysis in like a 3D volume with force plates and EMG, which is electromyography for anyone who doesn't know. So basically it, it records or it, yeah, it records the naturally occurring electrical signals within your muscles that happens when you activate your muscle. Um, I always like, it's the same exact thing basically that they put on your heart ECG electrocardiogram to like see your heart waves except it's not on your heart muscle it's on any other muscle in your body so doing that to try to get a snapshot of like how does your calf muscle function in like maximal contractions and jumping and running and sprinting how does that differ between tasks and then how does it differ between populations as well so i'm like recruiting one group which is um, recreationally active people. So people who aren't like specifically trained for anything or aren't training specifically for anything, just like your like weekend football players, people who enjoy going for a few runs a week. Uh, and then the second group is sprinting athletes. So anyone who runs 400 meters or less and who's done that for um, continuously, at least for the past year and who has like a certain standard of, of um, like PBs as well. Okay. And then, and then with this, where, where would you want your sort of findings to like, how would you want, how much of an impact and what sort of impact would you like your findings to make essentially? Yeah. Like where do you see I your think, research heading to? I think this one's a pretty exciting one because I think it'll, it'll, for my PhD wise, it'll definitely be kind of a backbone of like, where do we go next? I have this study and my second study kind of already set. Like I know what I'm doing for my second study and this one and that one will really determine kind of what we do in like my second and third year of my PhD in terms of studies and what like direction we really go with for my actual thesis. So that's one exciting thing that it'll just like kind of be a backbone of my PhD. I think it's really cool. It's like, I don't think anyone's really done what I'm doing yet as well. So I think I'll be able to get some really cool publications out of it. Um, and then secondly, I think it will inform at least a portion of how British athletics or Loughborough athletics assesses calf muscle function, especially calf muscle strength. Um, like I'll, I'll explain it briefly, like right now, what they do for, for calf muscle strength, or like if anyone listening who knows the word isometric strength, 
like maximal force that you can exert against a non-moving object yeah um so you do that with like having an immovable bar like an immovable squat bar on your back and you like just like calf raise as hard as you can single leg or double leg i'm doing it single leg so they do that and they do it how come you're doing it single leg um i'm doing it because i found that when you do it double leg especially for non-active individuals the limiting factor actually becomes their like core or their traps like they can't take the pressure of like the pressure going through their core that they need to stabilize like putting the force into the bar when they've got that sort of double power essentially yeah so you break it down hard. yeah so i found like when we do single-legged stuff the limiting factor more becomes the force you can exert from your calf muscles instead of like i can't push any harder because it feels like my spine's gonna snap or like it yeah. really hurts on my traps hmm. um so that's that's the reason and also it's just interesting because nothing's done nothing's done double-legged um in running events um as far as i've seen (laughs) so so yeah just be like we're not really looking at left right differences but i think i've i've already kind of seen some interesting things with left and right differences because we're doing two different types of like calf raises isometric calf raises one's the standing one where it's like there's quite a few degrees of freedom with that. Cause like your ankle can move, your knee can move, your hip can move. You can kind of like push the bar up as well with your, with your shoulders kind of, you know, and then there's another one that we've, we've got a rig built by the school where like the per, a person sits in this rig with their knees totally straight against like pushing against a board. So their knees aren't moving, their hips aren't moving. And we kind of like, we trap them in like this so that okay. so that there's less movement and really everything's coming from their plantar flexors. And then there's and then they're pushed up against a force plate and then they they try to like plantar flex or calf raise against the force plate. But they're kind of in this awkward like 30 degree sitting like that. And they're all they're oh, they're all strapped in. Uh yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um um so it's it's been really interesting actually because some people when they do the seated one which is like more controlled um there there'll be a big left right difference like their left right leg will be way weaker than their right leg but then when we get them into the standing one where there's more degrees of freedom they're the same they're like they're able to produce the same force on their right leg than they are their left leg um has that got anything to do with angle no not of uh the panation angle i just remember doing that at school yeah panation at school at uni yeah (laughs) what school did i go to Um, i mean yeah like panation angle does does affect and if and as you like go through different ranges of motion the panation angle will change because obviously like your muscles lengthening Mm. or shortening but we have the ankle angle is the same in both 
in both of them. So it wouldn't be a difference between ankle angle between the two setups. So I don't know why, yeah, but yeah. like, who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it's cause the controlled one, and this is like purely like, I have no evidence to back this up yet, but maybe mm. that the first seated one is really controlled. And so really everything is coming from the plantar flexors. So if there is a difference between left and right, you see it because but then in the standing one, you know, maybe they can kind of wiggle their way to more force with the left foot and kind of compensate in different areas, you know, without them really even uh, okay. knowing it. I I don't know. I don't, maybe not, maybe not at all. You know, um, yeah. it could be just because the, you know, the unfamiliarity of like this weird sitting calf raise kind of thing while you're all strapped and not that comfortable, maybe that just like accentuates a really small, insignificant left yeah. right difference. I don't know, but it's interesting. It's interesting though. What was the, qu- you asked me a question and we totally went off track. What was the question? I think it was, um, where do you hope this like research, like how, uh, <sighs> not how big of an impact, but like, yeah. yeah, where do you see research? Like, yeah, the one question that I'm really, really interested in, um, is is when when like British athletics or Loughborough athletics do or anyone really does like standing calf raise tests for running, um, they do it slightly plantar flexed, right? So you you have your foot flat on the floor. You try to get the bar in a position where you can lift up your heel minimally, right off the ground as you try to like drive your balls of your feet into the ground, but you're still like kind of plantar flexed. And when I look at running and when I've looked at like some studies that looked at like moments and forces around the ankle, the highest moments and forces happen pretty dorsiflexed, it seems. Like when you run and you hit, you're no you're yeah. you you're actually pretty dorsiflexed. Like it's not it's not active dorsiflexion, but it, it's your calves like trying to st- stop your shin from going like that right and your knees to go more over your toes they're trying to stop that action to go back the other way but yeah yeah but most of the action of running actually happens in way more dorsiflexion than plantar flexion so i'm really interested to see what what kind like like you have this this is way longer than i was anticipating but (laughs) like (laughs) at your ankle, you have X amount of range of motion, right? Like you have a hundred percent of your dorsiflexion range and you have a hundred percent of your plantar flexion range for everyone who doesn't know what that is like dorsiflexion, pulling your toes up towards you, plantar flexion, pointing your toes away. So say, say you have a hundred percent of those, right? But what percentage of both of those do you actually use when you run? I was just going to ask, so like, could a theory be like, say you're, you could be utilizing more of your range of motion in running. Could that, you know, how, how could that affect performance in a way? Maybe the way that I'm interested in it right now is like, say, say we use, when you run, you use 120% of your active dorsiflexion range, right? So you have the range of like how much you can pull your toes up and actually you go a little bit further when you run because of gravity and you're actually getting pushed further. Right. So let's say mm-hmm. you use 120% of your dorsiflexion range, but you only use like 75% of your plantar flexion range. 
And the moment where during like your running gait, the moment where peak force happens is is actually while you're while you're dorsiflexed. If if that's the case, does that does this make sense? If that's the case, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just I'm just watching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If max force happens while you're actually dorsiflexed, why are we testing athletes for for maximal force abilities in a setup that has them plantar flexed? Yeah. So like yeah. if this if the strongest that we need to be is in a dorsiflex position, then we should probably test there as well. Like, yeah. Because it doesn't matter how strong okay. we are when we're up on our toes, because we don't we need to be stronger in a different position. I was thinking of it as a in a different angle in terms of running economy and how efficient we are using those degrees of freedom. But yeah, that's actually mm. a really good point. Yeah, why do we test if 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 that is the case, why do we test it? Well, that is quite interesting. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, like a, like a bicep curl. Like if I if I need to be strong in this position, why are we testing in this position? Because we know that the strength will be different in those two positions. So we should we should be testing as close as possible to like where we need that strength. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see okay. what. I think like we're gonna get so much data from it, which is exciting. But it just yeah, it means, should be amazing. Yeah, means I need to deal with all the data. <laughs> which is, uh, which hey, that's my my girlfriend yeah. today. I was like just telling her of how much I had to do and how like so much of it. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just like trying to figure it out on YouTube and stuff. And she's like, "Well, that's what a PhD is." <laughs> yeah. Thanks, babe. You're right. You're right. <laughs> that's so good that's so good yeah that was actually quite interesting that was uh not planned at all Um, no that was actually really decent (laughs) yeah but But i guess we haven't talked about it because we started the podcast kind of when i was starting and you're starting so one thing we did mention last week is time management and we like to be honest with our listeners and We've got a little plan coming up in our, on summer um, that would hopefully make this more beneficial for you guys instead of more all over the place, which if we didn't plan, it could definitely have been. Mm. So obviously, David, and I'll be in New Zealand and David will be here. And that means I'm 11 hours ahead. I think we said, didn't, didn't I? Which honestly probably wouldn't be. It's actually not too bad 11 hours, you know, because it's just like yeah, nine, oh, eight, easy. <laughs> yeah true but uh it's just gonna be hectic because when the training times with the guys over there is probably 7 a.m till 3 p.m mm. um and just, just you know like it, our, our stuff will definitely crash <laughs> yeah. yeah it will just it will just uh, will definitely clash so yeah we we, we we we've got something in store for you guys um that's all we'll say now i guess is we got a plan that will make it incredibly fun with lots and lots and different bits of content so not just podcasts or short little videos we've got an array of like a multitude of different bits of content it's gonna be so good yeah it'll be interesting i think nice and juicy yeah it'll be cool how we can kind of do it over the summer but yeah looking forward to it but have have you thought like are you getting excited for it because you're leaving what like five weeks yeah i'm I'm thoroughly getting excited excited because Right now, I've got preseason that's starting with Tunbridge Judgeons, mm. so I'm preparing for that. So I'm there for the first two weeks of it, the good little 
bit of testing and blasting uh, and then i'm off to new zealand which is actually going to be like so i yeah i spoke to here's a little insight i spoke to this um head of performance and like a doctor at cambridge rugby who are now playing champ and one thing he mentioned was player availability is a big thing and that's something that i when reflecting upon the last season I had with Thomas Jardians is something that, you know, players get injured, obviously, but then is there anything we can do to prevent some of those injuries? And are we, are SNC coaches sometimes pushing their players too hard in the gym and not getting much out of them when they're on the field because they're injured anyways? So like one thing you said is like player availability towards the end of the season. It's all good getting these guys as powerful as possible and as strong as possible. But if they're injured, you know, mm. because, you know, you're sending them that way, how, how good is I'd rather have a team that is healthy and can play week in, week out rather than someone who's can bench like 170 for three reps, but is always having shot, uh, sore shoulders. You know, mm. like what good is an injured, the strongest injured player in the world? Mm. You know, you wouldn't want that. So I'm definitely excited to see how a professional setup handles this. And I can't, you know, I'm excited to see how they, what strategies they have they put in place to combat that and any training methods. Like I know some people, some SSC coaches focus a lot. And this is anecdotally, I've been told this, but a lot of SSC coaches, uh, coaches have been like have focused on sprint training and like speed drills and speed development um, outside the gym, but have never really focused on say like hamstring um, management hamstring strength management so the the players aren't doing any sort of hamstring exercises eccentric loaded exercises but then they're always injured because their hamstrings can't actually take the load Mm. that's being imposed on them when they're when they're trying to decelerate or when they're trying to accelerate from a standing position and try fly off their right leg their hamstring can't manage that so yeah it's it's going to be interesting if you know how they use that sort of stuff there and how they train their players in a in a professional setup it's so interesting too because you have like off season and and in season and so like how does that how does how does your priorities as an snc coach differ between the two because i think in your off season you can definitely push mm. like strength more and all that kind oh, of stuff 100 yeah because you don't have to worry about like player availability but then yeah like you said like mm. you're not i don't know at least when i played hockey it's like off season was trying to build strength and get as strong as you possibly could and in shape as possible for the beginning of the year or before training camp. Because once training camp starts, once the season starts, all you do in the gym is try to maintain as best you can. Because like you will lose yeah. strength, you'll lose power as the season goes on, just because you don't have like you don't have energy and time because your energy and time needs to go into like performance, you know? And th- th- this is a this is a conversation that we can definitely develop into a future podcast with hopefully a, a highly experienced SNC coach. I've seen from the other side as well. He says some SNC coaches go, well, what's the point? You know, like of just trying to maintain um, during a season. And I was on I was on that side as well in the sense like you're just trying to manage injuries. You're trying to manage and reduce injury risk. That's the point of in season. You're trying to maintain as much strength as they can. But other SNC coaches say, no, no, no get them to that stage, keep hitting, keep going up. There's no point having that sort of intent where you're just looking to maintain. You want to still be reaching those next levels. Um, and I'll try, I'll try to find the person who said that actually, cause I saw it on really LinkedIn where they were pretty vocal about it, but mm. I sort of like the way he spoke about it. I was like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe he's onto something there, but I just don't know. So it'll be good 
you know, I'm still on the fence with that one. So mm. be, it'll be good to hopefully get someone on to develop that or spark that conversation the next step further. Yeah, um, it would be yeah, interesting no, to I'm, see I'm, what what like where he's coming from at that because maybe maybe he's mm. had conversations where people like really kind of pamper and like no heavy lifts and all that kind of stuff. I think it's like, but like if the if the ins and I guess maybe it depends on the on the sport as well. Like for here's one thing I've got to notice. What's that? Sports science, S and C physio. No matter what you say or what you do, there are so many billions of other factors you've got to consider when um when hearing something from someone else. In the sense mm. that like someone came up to me and said, Oh, um, I'm gymming and all of this, but I'm not losing weight. It's like, oh, have you been doing this? Have you been doing that? And then it's all hearsay. Are they actually doing it? And then, holy smokes, it's like a rabbit hole. Every conversation you have, in essence, it's difficult. I'm yeah. getting tired, mate. Just, I, I want to be a banker. <laughs> I want to be a banker. It is like so interesting. Is yeah, yeah, the amount of conversations that, as a sports scientist, that I've realized that you can answer with, it depends. Like you can make a career of answering questions with it depends, which is, which yeah. in one way is really nice because you can't like, as long as you're just say it depends and then say, well, this and that, and this and that, you can't say anything wrong. Like it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the other side, some it's people really want that answer. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, and like, obviously if you're, if you're like a sports or like an S and C coach, you know, and your job is to make someone better, but there's all these, you know, and, and some coach like, hey, we got this player and he's he needs to be available for this. Like, can we do it? And your answer is like, well, maybe. I don't know. But that's, yeah. that's the thing. That's how, that's when you need more access to the players in a way. You need to be more controllable over the players to an extent, I understand. But you, you will never be able to have that. So it's, it's, it's difficult. So, in a, yeah, you're managing them. You're managing yourself. One thing I'd love to do. So obviously I'm going out to New Zealand and looking at that performance aspect to see it in an elite setting, what it's like. But I also like the aspect of like athletics because athletics, you can really make sure people peak at the most opportune times for that one big competition that they've got. Whereas rugby, you've got like, or or basketball, you've got like 40, 50 games a season. So you can't really, you've got like an off off period of four weeks or, you know, a week and a bit, uh, a month and a bit where you can actually make them the strongest possible. But then, are you really allowing them to reach their peak? So it's it's a nice little, uh, nice little uh, bit of um, yeah. It is interesting though. It is interesting though because, like, man, athletics is such a minefield with events, and every every event is just so different. Like for running events, I think oh, yeah, you you can you def you can. Sorry, I've been can... trying to pause it. Big uh, Siri or whatever was listening to me, and I just started. Oh, dude, that's so annoying when Siri just comes up. Like I wasn't talking to you, you know, not you, Siri. Sorry. Um, no, but like I've been learning just the absolute minefield that different events are, and how every event just has a totally different like needs analysis. Like you're talking about peaking, and I was talking about this with my girlfriend and a couple other runners as well. Um, while I was talking to a couple of the a couple of the athletes who were on the training camp that I was on and and we were talking about like Europeans and and worlds and all this kind of stuff and she was she was saying yeah like next year is is Europeans but there's also the Olympics 
So most runners who are going to the Olympics won't do Europeans because they want to peak for the Olympics. And then I was talking to my girlfriend about that and she's like, oh yeah, pole vault's not like that. Um, because I like it, it's not as, because the demands are different. Like you can really peak for running physiologically. Mm. Um, but, but for pole vault, it's not as like, like aerobic or anaerobic physiolog like demanding, you know, it's very, it's more technical. Like you can kind of go out like week on week and do comps or like every other week. And then maybe you have a couple weeks off before a big comp but it's, it's very different. Um, so, so that's one thing. And then the other thing, I think that the only reason why it's not like you can only, you can peak for like your one comp that you need to do well in is because you need to qualify for that comp. Yeah. So like, so like, yeah. yeah. So like for worlds, um, the British trials for worlds is British champs. I'm not sure if it is for all events, but I know for sure for running and I th- maybe not pole vault because pole vault, you just have to have, I think like done the, um, done the standard, but for running, I know for running events, at least middle distance, British champs is like the, the world trials for it. So if you want to run at worlds, you have to compete at British champs. And so that means like to have a shot at worlds, you need to be running well at British champs, which is like, yeah, like a month, like four weeks before worlds. So, and, and sometimes like selection happens like the day after event, the day after an event for like an event that happens in like a week and a half. So you need to be like, you need to be primed and ready to go to run like the race of your life for this event so that you have a chance to go to this bigger event that happens in like two weeks. So in that case, it's like, like you don't, you can't peak for both or you you have to be able to like, like for a longer period or make sure that you get the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. That's hectic. Yeah. It'd be interesting to have someone on. Matt, I think it's so exciting. I think when we started this like podcast, obviously we were right at the start of like two really exciting things. And I think now is like, we're getting into it. We have like, obviously you're learning more, you have all these questions, but also all this like experience behind you. I feel like this summer will be sweet. And then on October or like when you're back from New Zealand, I think like even the chats that we can have, will be so much better because oh, yeah. like we'll be in like maybe the next step of our learning or we just have so much experience behind us that like we get to talk about and like may- probably yeah. even more questions. Um, That's which, the thing. Yeah. And, and we'll be, be cool. more confident in a way. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking about questions, I think it's time for way or nay. Oh yeah. Sorry. While we're getting into way or nay, I've been giggling to the side whilst we just because I see the little camera. David, you look like a giant compared to me. I look like a little <laughs> peanut in the corner. I've just realized Bro, this. I've, 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 I know you didn't need to like either like tilt your camera down or <laughs> or <laughs> sit up. I've yeah, just ate better. like Super Mario. I've just eaten a mushroom and now I'm bigger. Yeah. But yeah, so my first way or nay, I'll ask you first, David. Okay. Way or nay. You're turning up for a leg session. 
so no, actually, let me start that again. You go into the gym and you see someone hit, doing a leg session with a vest on, like a any vest, actually, any vest, like a string vest or even a normal vest. And it's hot and or cold, hot or cold. What are you saying? As in like if the weather doesn't matter, are they allowed to wear the vest? For legs. That's a big question, bro. For legs. Yeah. Are you allowed to wear a vest doing legs? There was a, there was a, do you remember when bro science was a big thing? I, well, I'm Mate, pretty sure he's still when, huge. <laughs> he Bye. is the best. He was the best. This is where I got all, half my master's stuff was all on him. He did one I episode the video. of like, the, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, shoulder. I don't care how small you are. You're doing a vest because at some point in the workout, you're going to have the best shoulder pump of your life and you're going to look huge. And then it comes to legs. Mate, like, I don't care what you wear for legs. Who cares? No one, no one cares. Mate, but I remember the one video as well. Like this one video I was stuck with forever was how to skip legs. And he goes, so you're going to get over, goes to leg extension, starts curling it. And then he goes, he does like a little skit where he goes, someone asks him, are oh, you going to do legs today? He goes, oh, mate, can't do legs. It's actually the vertical equinox, uh, wrong side of the moon. I can't do legs today. Actually, that's a shame. Then starts hitting arms. That's where oh, you he got, was good. He was that, good. That's where you got all of your excuses from get out of legs. <laughs> yeah, mate. That's so funny. Oh, he, he actually... He actually did some great stuff. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I I don't care. I don't care. I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of the stringer vests anyways. I think they're a little ridiculous. Like, but, well, no you one, don't like the little nipples when they no pop out. No one needs to see the nip slips. It's not even nip the slips. Nips. Like, if we're lucky, it goes That's over whole the nipple for, for a whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we're saying no vests on legs. Hey, like, do what you got to do, but I wouldn't choose to wear a vest on legs. Yeah. Unless, like, I would wear a regular vest if it was really hot, maybe. That's fine. Do you wear long shorts or short shorts when doing legs? Regular shorts? Like, if you had to choose, if you had to choose, right, basketball shorts or... Oh, no. But I'd never wear basketball shorts anyway, but not, like, you know, rugby shorts that, like, you know, do, do a movement too wrong and, you know, go too far down in your squat and... What rugby got a, shorts? You got a what couple, you couple friends popping out the bottom. <laughs> what rugby shorts? What? Don't know what you're talking about. They're ridiculous. Um, uh, now, at a terrible level. Now my go-to, um, my go-to is the like shorts above the knee, and they can be like a bit further above the knee. But then I'll always wear like base layers underneath that like go longer. Fake athlete. This guy, base layers underneath. What are you squatting? Three hundred. Stop. <laughs> all right but yeah i agree i agree with that way or nay what is yeah. what's your way or nay my way or nay i put this out um more of a sports science one or science i guess way or nay i'm not overweight i'm just big boned oh, mate ask him <laughs> um sorry oh no stop um <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, actually, to be fair, that that's my reaction. That's my reaction. There you go. <laughs> I was actually going to say a couple of things, but now nah, that reaction says it all. Uh, um, nah, I, I, don't, don't, just don't say it. Like, don't. I read this. I read this question on the line, and I was like, obviously, I had the same reaction, but I was like, mm, I've actually never read anything about that. You know, like people have more dense bones, but but if you're like. 
the reason that you're overweight isn't because you have dense bones or big bones. You know what I mean? And yeah. And I read a paper about it. I just Googled it, found a couple papers, seen from reputable sources. And actually, this is interesting. To a point, because like the more weight you have, obviously, the more weight your bones have to like um, support. So the idea would be actually, as you put on more weight, your bones get stronger, which to a point they do to a point, though. Once you get like overweight and unhealthily obese, actually your bones can become more brittle because the cells that create bones, osteoblasts, they're called, or osteocytes. Yeah. Osteocytes. Um, they get replaced by um, fat cells. And so when you, when you actually, when you get to like an, overweight like obese to like unhealthily overweight your bones actually are at greater risks for breaking and becoming brittle and yeah, weak right. and less dense because you're you have less actually like the cells that create more bone because it gets taken over right. by by lymphocytes which are fat cells so, so in essence you're lying my brother lying bro. stop eating Mate, I've had a long day. Jeez. Oh, deep down, deep down. Um, just for reference, I got hit in the head by my Hoover today, so I've lost my head. Um, <laughs> very, very mad at everyone and everything in this world. That's nah, I, just, just, yeah, but like, don't, because don't, I hate excuses like that. Mm. I hate it. To yeah. an extent, to an extent, but like, it's like everyone's got an excuse like that in that sense. Do you know what I mean? So, like, stop. No, you're yeah. not. You can do this. Let's get rolling. Yeah, let's get rolling. That wasn't... <laughs> wow, why'd you say rolling, David? Why'd you, why'd you say rolling, David? Uh, call him 4K, David. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, no. And and it is, it is too bad. I think some people do find themselves in positions that they don't know how they got into, and it is really sad. And I can't imagine what that's like. Like I struggle now, like with just not even looking at me. No, I, no, I'm just I'm my guy was like this. Yeah, my guy was like this. <laughs> I was, I was, I was. Yeah, I was really enjoying it as well. I found a pretty good position here, just staring out the window. Um, no, but I think like people can get into positions where they do become overweight and it's really debilitating and it's really scary. And maybe, you know, they're embarrassed and they feel overwhelmed and they don't know where to start, you know? And, and so we're not trying to like be like, Oh, like you're not big bone, like get a hold of yourself. Cause I think it's really, really difficult, you know? Um, but no, but David, like I've got massive admiration for like people whenever I'm like driving or whenever I'm walking and I see someone like who's, who's reasonably large actually running or, you know, making an effort in the gym, it's fair play to them because to put yourself out there must be so much harder for me to do that. You know, it's a whole different story. Me walking into the gym than them. They're already getting judged. They're already getting looked so fair play. And I love to see it and just continue on that journey. And the hardest step is to start, but please just bloody start. Because yeah. it's not healthy to be like that. It's healthy to be um, less like that. 
make me with the terminology. But no, it's 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 not no, healthy to be overweight, right. to be obese. Yeah, it isn't healthy. Like we know the side effects that it brings. We know the increased risk for cardiovascular disease, for cancer, for a whole type of different diabetes as well. Like increase of morbidity just skyrockets. So yeah, absolutely. But 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 the facts are nay, you are not overweight because you are big boned. Let us know. Let us know. Way or nay, what first one? Can you wear a stringer vest or a vest in general if you do legs? Way or nay, this this phrase is I'm not overweight, I'm big boned. Way or nay, we've got a couple responses. Most of them agree actually all of them agreeing with what we're saying. Um way or nay, can you be friends with someone who so say you're at your mate's house, say you're at Hayden's house and Hayden like makes himself some toast and he cuts him, uh, cuts his like toast or like sandwich into triangle pieces and takes the crust off. Can you still be friends with nay. that man? Nay. I'm okay, out. cool. Let's see if I can think of another one. <laughs> yeah, no, same here. If, if uh, Ewan, right, we know Ewan on this podcast very well. If Ewan turned up, actually, to be fair, <laughs> half of me thinks he may if be. If Ewan this. turned up with, with triangle sandwiches to our next hike up on the Snowden, walk. I'd be like, yeah, those are Ewan sandwiches. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. I'd just look at him and be like. That's if we make it. Just... If we make it and you don't send us yeah, over true. a cliff again. Nah, that was fun, bro. It's experiences, life experiences. Um, true. Yeah. Oh, let me think of another way or nay, actually. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think think of uh, fun ones that aren't gym related, but like, oh, say if your friend turns up to the gym and you're going to do a gym session together and he's wearing socks that go up to like his, just below the knee. Uh, That's an ick. That is an ick, isn't it? Like, hey. Nay. Nay. Ick. Yeah. Unless it's for what some medical, you... unless it's for some medical reason, <laughs> or, or yeah, because he's being too soft, <laughs> or he's like an ultra marathon runner. You can do if you, you run if you run some yeah. concrete yeah. in them. Yeah, if you're if you're a marathon runner or sorry, an ultra marathon runner, and you're 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 running north of seventy five miles. I'm not way or nay. David Goggins turns up to be the usher at your wedding what do they call them vicar no what wait what what do they call the people at your wedding the one that goes uh, and do you take this person to be this person oh, yeah. i do yeah Who's yeah the yeah person? the consumer okay here's a good question fun little question any person in this world alive or dead um to be the umpire no what is it person Com- i think it's consummate consummate or something like that that was the master of ceremonies. Oh, that's definitely not what I said. That's a wedding. Who would you have? Anyone in the world, alive or dead, to to yeah. to do your wedding? Uh, 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 first answer is Joe Rogan. Just so then I could be like, look, after this, mate. We'd have the we'd have the mics up. We'd have the mics like already there. I'd pop yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, before, before I think like, actually David Goggins. Like, David Goggins. No. I would. I would. Imagine how You'd be, sick that wedding would be. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. He would he would make everyone work out and Stay the workout would, <laughs> would never end. Cause you gotta carry the boats. Who's gonna carry you know the what, boats? 
the love the love between us both after we'd be married would be just staying hard mate it would not be ending because it's such a strong bond by the strongest person in this world or it'd be bruce buffer i would say i would say um uh, ed sheeran because then he could do the music as well little two for one doc by the way, guys, David sings as well. Can, don't know if you noticed with his earpiece, fancy earpiece. He's a singer. That's why I chose Ed Sheeran. <laughs> mate, your love's not staying hard. Your love's not going to survive <laughs> the boats and the logs, mate. I don't need David, boats at my wedding, man. I'm doing a dry, dry wedding on land. No boats oh, required. Yeah. Your, your wedding is going to be dry when I've got um, Jordan Belfort turning up to my wedding. <laughs> um, that's the guy from Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other people that would be brilliant. I think it'd be funny. Uh, this is I. W- I want um, like like someone like Kevin Hart to do it because it would yeah, just be true. hilarious. But then I don't know if it'd be too much because then it would just become like a Kevin Hart show and not my wedding. But then who cares? You know, Kevin Steve. Hart's doing a show. Yeah, sick. Or do you get someone? Someone that would just be like hilariously <laughs> awkward, like like um. Oh, what's his name in Superbad? The guy who looks. I like want my glove in. <laughs> no 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 uh, the guy who always uh, looks Mi- like he's Michael, just like accidentally Michael. turned up to set like he's lost jonah hill no not jonah hill the other guy i think you Bruh, were just about to say michael that. yeah michael yeah, yeah. checker or something like that michael Sarah. yeah imagine him uh, like playing canadian actor is Stop it actually it, david are you canadian Come yeah on. oh pretending like he doesn't know <laughs> yeah Imagine him showing up to your wedding, like doing it, just like playing the role that he plays in Superbad, just like really, really awkward. Final way or nay. Okay. Way or nay. And this is just for the listeners. This is just for the listeners. Way or nay. This podcast. If we get a couple nays. He's going to New Zealand. He's never coming back. Yeah. Let us know, though. Way or nay this podcast. If, uh, If you like it, we really appreciate it. Let us know that you do let us know where you're listening from let us know your answers to the way or nay if you haven't already subscribe to us on youtube if you're listening on youtube let us know what you think in the comments below hit that subscribe button follow us on instagram we got an exciting summer coming up we got exciting stuff with cmp coming up as well so i'm david he's matt this is episode 40 of the real sports science podcast matt take us out this is like michael buffer yeah. This has been the RSS podcast. We're out. <laughs> Man, whatever we say, it's, gonna be a quick, really quick, well. it's not quick. <laughs> <laughs>